What have you been reading? Quantum physics, Osho, the ancient secret of flower of life, and ancient texts, things that can't be predated. I'm curious about your experience of time. Do you feel like life is moving really quickly? Is your music one way to sort of turn it over and reflect on it? I mean, time for me, I can make it go slow or fast, however I please. And that's how I know it doesn't exist. It's proven that time moves for you depends on where you are in the universe. It's relative to beings and other places. But on the level of being here on Earth, if you are aware in a moment, one second can last a year. And if you are unaware, your whole childhood, your whole life can pass by in six seconds. But it's also a thing you can get lost in. Because living! Right, because you have to live. There's a theoretical physicist inside all of our minds, and you can talk and talk, but it's living. It's the action of it. This is the Sarcastic Voyage podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. You said you read the Bobsy Twins. What was their deal? They were two sets of twins who solved mysteries. That's it? Yeah, pretty much. What made them qualified? Uh, Nothing. Okay. I the thing is, like, you know, you really don't have to work hard to get your uh, your juvenile private detective license. I find, in that you just give it to yourself. Yeah, that's it's true. Just, you there's, know, there's really no oversight on on that whole infrastructure. You know, I'm smarter than everyone else in my class, and I get some free time. I think I'll become a detective. But that's the thing. They're smarter than everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, Encyclopedia Brown, the whole thing was that he was a genius, and his dad was the chief of police. Yes. So he had and, a, he had a, had access to actual crimes, right? And the three investigators them. was like, um, the the one kid was really smart, one kid was like athletic, and the other one was like the heart of the team or some like he was a loser. He was the ray. Or may, maybe he was like a master of disguise. I don't. Know. <laughs> Is it still a thing? Like, oh, they, definitely. Like, are are kids still reading them? I have noticed a reoccurring theme with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, kids' books is you will have a series of children's picture books, uh-huh. uh huh, and then <clears throat> when that's done, you will have a series where the character in the ch- the children's picture books is slightly older and solving mysteries. Um, like, give me an example. Weird little muskrat kid goes out to the woods, has a sister, you know, the whole deal. <laughs> sure. Goes out to the woods, has a sister. That whole deal. And then he turns 16, got a hat, put it on backwards, and started solving mysteries. Huh. So the genre is still alive. Right. And always will be, as long as there are shitty mysteries for children to solve for a nickel. Are they still doing it for a nickel? I feel like they must be. I don't know, what? I don't think kids know what money means. Well, I mean, what can you buy with a nickel? I guess an O. Yeah, you can buy an O. Shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, right. Poor, poor Ernie in his closet full of black market O's. <laughs> you think it's just O's? Yeah. You don't. You don't think he's bought any other letters from that guy? Yep. That guy's just an O dealer, huh? Yeah. Huh. Ernie, right. Ernie, how come there's a closet in our room I can't go into anymore? Shut up, Bert. <laughs> Shut up. That's why. <laughs> Fair enough. Those those things work as classic comedy, though. Oh, like, God, those, those guys are hilarious. Like, we've talked about this on the show, I'm sure. But yeah. 
as sketches go, they're they're up there with me in the pantheon with like Kids in the Hall, Monty Python, all all those guys. Like the, yep. the classic Muppets are totally you know sketch comedy. Yeah, Bert and Ernie are a perfect comedy team. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I I don't know if you've noticed this, but we kind of are are trucking in that same thing. I'll I'll let you figure out who's who. I don't know what you're talking about, Al. The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt as themselves. Our story so far, our heroes have split into teams in an attempt to stop the evil Archduke Pachinko's invasion of Earth. We join Matt and Algar as they approach the secret laboratory of Dr. Malingo. Approaching the asteroid, again. Damn, believe Carla made us come back here. She sounded so disappointed. It's not so much that we made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. It's that she called us out on it right in front of Strongarm. We're no better than any other space heroes. Exactly. No better. We're definitely better than Slap Strongarm. Right. You sure you remember where the cave is? Well, I don't know. The asteroid is nearly 100 meters in diameter. That's a lot, right? I'll tell you what, you walk that way and I'll walk the opposite way. Yell if you find the cave first, deal? Yeah, alright. Oh, hey, there it is. Hey, Matt! Yeah? Gah! What the? How are you in front of me? You know, one of these days I'm going to teach you the metric system and just blow your mind. Come on, teleporter's down here. Man, this place is a lot quieter than the last time we were here. I guess Melingo's out doing that yard work with his wife. That his wife what? Shh, shh, shh. What? I think I hear something. Oh no, it must be her. Don't mind telling you, I'm a little terrified right now. Me too, old buddy. Listen, the mood is pretty tense right now, I'll grant you, but please, don't call me that. Since when did you start bossing me around? I'm the officer. That, here she comes. Quick, into the space broom closet. Space broom closet? I don't know, everything's a space something here in the far-off future of 2014. Got that right. Ah! Ah. You want to or shall I? I'll take this one. Who the heck are you? Field Marshal Ter Durus Latif, at your service. Late agent of the South Asian Time Administration for Nepal, India, and Cambodia. S-A-T-A-N-I-C? Ugh, and I thought our acronym was bad. Wait, did you say late agent? I did. Currently, let's see, seven minutes late. I anticipate at least nine now that I have to stop and have this conversation with you two. You're a time traveler. That's right. So how can you be late for anything? Oh, my dear fellow, time is relative. Oh! Hang on, that doesn't answer my question at all. It makes even less sense, actually. Please, don't make me explain. I should have to revise my timetables again. Why are you here? I mean, now, why are you now? I hate time travel. You know, everyone says that, but you're all thankful not to be living under the oppressive yoke of the mecha lobsters of Ganymede. I don't remember any mecha lobsters. Not now you don't. I don't think I've ever seen anyone raise both eyebrows in rapid succession like that. The abridged version is that I'm here to observe persons of historical significance and report back to the administration. We're important? Well, I mean, we're just doing our jobs. I wouldn't call us heroes. Neither would I, which is why I did it. I'm not here to observe you two. But if not us... Wait, her? Her who? Oh, her! 
You've used your highly advanced time travel abilities to come to 2014 to study Dr. Malengo's horrible wife? Her significance in certain key events is... Hey, give that back. Let's see. Uh, Thursday, subject sat on couch eating bonbons and watching television. Yelled at husband. Threatened husband with rolling pin. Friday, subject threatened husband with cast iron skillet. Ate bonbons. Saturday... I do not pretend to understand the intricacies of history. Don't you? Seems like it'd be part of your job as a time what have you. Hey, you know what I just realized? That you could prolong this delay even further. You have a time machine, right? Yes. We were displaced from our original time. Back in 1936, we fell into a vat of frozen nitrogen. I thought we volunteered for an experiment in cryogenics. Or possibly cryonics. It doesn't matter. The point is we've done okay here in the distant future of 2014, but this is not our world. Is there any chance you could, you know, bring us back to our regular time? Absolutely no chance whatsoever. <laughs> oh. Well, that's disappointing. That's my cue. So long, suckers. Suckers? That wasn't very nice. I think we have bigger problems right now. If I didn't know better, I'd say this entire structure was moving. Yeah, I do know better, and you're right. How could you possibly know that? I looked out this window. Oh. So I guess we better hightail it to one of those teleporters before... That was the teleporter shutting off, wasn't it? How'd you know? Because that's usually the sort of thing that happens to us around now. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Into the Electric Brain. Only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Tommy, you're it. No, I'm not. I touched space. Space is way over there. What are you talking about? Nuh-uh. We said the safe zone was here between the teeter-totter swings and that horse spring thing. I hate that thing. And I hate you. Playground boundary disputes can be complicated and confusing. Why not consult an expert? Here at Nanny Nanny and Boo Boo, we can help. From cootie spray malpractice claims to hopscotch arbitration to lunchtime entree barter negotiations. I'll give you my Twinkie and this apple for your baggie of goldfish. Yeah, I think I... Excuse me a moment while I consult with my client. You should be aware that he's not offering a hostess brand Twinkie. That's a no-name farm's brand golden sponge dessert. Ew, those don't even have any filling. No deal. Our recent victories include a cease and desist on behalf of 47 victims of jump rope rhyming slander. They won't be calling me Amanda Panda anymore. Not on my watch, they won't. Call us today. We can help consolidate your afternoon bully payments. We accept allowance, gum, little plastic dinosaurs, army mans, Pokemon trading cards, and cool rocks that look like something. Nanny Nanny and Boo Boo cannot be held liable for noogies, wet willies, Indian burns, titty twisters, purple nurples, or punchbag related injuries. No backsies, take backs, or Indian giving. We no longer accept pogs. Eway, Ixpay, Eggpay, Edenley. You mentioned breathing earlier, and it's also an idea that reoccurs in your songs. Breathing is meditation. Life is a meditation. You have to breathe in order to live, so breathing is how you get in touch with the sacred space of your heart. When babies are born, their soft spots bump. It has, like, a heartbeat in it. That's because energy is coming through their body, up and down. Prana energy! It's prana energy because they still breathe through their stomach. 
They remember. Babies remember. When they're in the stomach, they're so aware, putting all their bones together, putting all their ligaments together. But they're shocked by this harsh world. By the chemicals and things, and then slowly... As they grow up, they start losing. You know, they become just like us. Did you find everything okay? Yep. So, just the six dozen eggs then? Yes, just eggs. Are you sure? You've got avocados on sale. You could make a mean omelette. I'd like to pay for these, and then I'd like to get this transaction over. So, this is a lot of eggs. What are you making? Eggs. I'm making eggs. Well, okay. That'll be fourteen thirteen. Would you like to donate the change to children in Tweed? No, I want my change, and for you to bag my eggs. Listen, little Miss Crabshine, maybe you aren't going to get either. We can refuse service here. Bag my eggs. Bag your own eggs. Wood, but there's no self-checkout. Could self-checkout do this? Yes, it could, and with less pointless chit-chat. Ugh, I don't need them. I'll buy my eggs online like the proud phone owner that I am. Discountegg.edu You've encountered a catastrophic error? You're currently being connected with our call center in Dutchel Street? What? No! Bon Padon of Discountegg.edu Kiyama ni ari mi pokas helpy fiend? No, thank you. Have a nice day. Fine. I guess I'll try another... Cash only? What? Did they finally phase out barter? <sighs> ATM out of order. Of course it is. Hi, welcome to PIDU. It's a lovely day today. I can help you. Tell me how. Give me $40 in cash money. Sure thing. What are you off to buy with your $40? Going to the music festival or sports game? Eggs. Just eggs. Oh, I love eggs. Gotta get your omegas. Making an omelet? $40 for eggs. A meringue? Hollowing them out to make homes for newborn hamsters? Symbolically celebrating your fertility? Vincent Price cosplay? Trying to recapture that perfect summer from your bygone teen years? A very careful game of ping pong? Forget it. Robot 9, can you hear me? Tabulating. What is your system functionality? 85% complete. What is your mission? To replace biological service personnel with coldly efficient, non-invasive robo-entities. Just 15% to paradise. Inquiry. Will this robot revolution not, by its very nature, violate Asimov's first law of robotics, i.e. allowing human beings to come to harm? Listen, Robot 9, you can't make eggs without breaking some eggs. Next up is an excerpt from my interview with Seattle-based sketch troupe Princess, followed by an original sketch written and performed by the group. The full interview can be heard on episode 14 of my More Bits podcast. No, no, I don't your have name for the record. My, my name is Glenn. All right. Uh, how old are you? I am 31 years old. What do you do for a living? I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> how old were you when you were born? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'd like to say less than one year old. Okay. But greater than zero. That checks out. Yeah. I'm I just know. waiting to see where this goes. I, you sure. Don't oh, need oh, me I don't at know this if point. you're trying to, yeah. And that's not like a <laughs> passive aggressive, you don't even need me. I mean, seriously, you don't even need me. You just, you guys just, uh. Um, I've never been on a podcast before, so I don't know. I don't know what's expected of us or what to do. Me um, sorry, me neither. It's 
it's like being on stage, except you can just assume that absolutely no one is listening or paying attention. Or it sounds about like what, what our usual stage presence. Is okay, like. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also like edit out like awkward silences too. I I will certainly edit mine out. Yeah. <laughs> not going to promise anything else. Um, and I would really appreciate if you did it for us too. But <laughs> how much would you just, appreciate just it? Kind it's kind of, of what so. I'm getting at. Um, we're not on stage though, so we can't do our default. Uh, just start screaming to bring <laughs> up the energy in the room. Oh, yeah, right. Right. yeah, screaming. Screaming is a is an integral part of what we usually do. I feel like a lot of princess <laughs> humor is based on how loud it is and mm-hmm. killing each other. Really, yeah, the, a lot the of way death. the writing process works is that we come into the room together, we sit down, we start screaming at each other, and the first one who like runs out of air and has an idea, that's basically where we go from there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, one by one, we each pass out <laughs> from lack of air, <laughs> yep. and then whoever's left is like, oh, I, it's my idea this week that we're we writing. we wake up, we like say, all right, you guys know what you're writing? Okay, cool. I'll see you next week. Perfect. That's where all the ideas come from, though. All the latest science says that like sleeping is where our brain processes information, you so know, it's yeah. actually like... I mean, it might be anecdotal here, but I think time will tell that what we're doing is actually bona fide. I would not have believed that at all were you not wearing glasses, but now I am completely buying, like, any scientific bullshit you could say right now. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Totally. That is completely... Yep. 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 For everyone out there, I'm wearing glasses and they have a frame. Right. Yeah. If they were frameless, you would think you were a big fat pony. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. See, Dan is also wearing glasses, but I can't see him. He's obscured by my microphone, so or by my monitor. So as far as I know, like he doesn't exist. I, I'm sorry, Dan. He may or may not be smart. This is like you're actually just listening to the podcast already because you can't <laughs> see me. You just hear my voice. For the listener, Glenn is wearing or Dan is wearing a tortoise shell glasses. Are those uh, tortoise? With a yeah, those are tortoise shell. They may or may not yeah. be tortoise shell. Yeah. Uh, with a green and really. brown plaid shirt. Some uh, brownish, maybe forest green pants. Glenn? I like, I like you, you. You seem to be doing sort of the like I'm auditioning to take the Joan Rivers spot on the red carpet thing, except you're giving it the golf read. <laughs> so it's very sort of conflicting. Uh, well, he much wants more to go into, like golf fashion. Mm. So you know, best crossover for that. It's yeah, uh, the sense. green carpet, and it's cut much lower than the rest <laughs> of the carpet. Because right, otherwise, the ball would get stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our balls, as they would have. Than be depending on you know how you play golf. Who was <laughs> I don't know how golf is played. <laughs> <laughs> I Wait, only know you... about sleeping. I don't know anything about golf. About sleeping? Sleeping. sleeping. Oh. sleeping. I was but, trying to figure out what sleeping you is. You know, I'm self-conscious about my articulation. I, you know, it's justified. <laughs> <laughs> so you have uh, brought a sketch to perform for the show. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. d- is there any sort of setup for that? Any kind of like. Uh, like, I, I know I've seen you guys do this live, but I know you tweaked it a bit for, for radio, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, we tweaked it a bit uh, to add the sound effects and stuff like that and uh, to change the ending a little bit so that it plays better for an audio environment. But we sure. picked a, uh, a sketch with a sci-fi sort of theme. Or I appreciate that. We, we definitely sort of cater to more the nerd end of things, so that will definitely play well with our audience. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. We definitely are. Uh, I consider myself a card-carrying nerd. Well, your your card says butthole massage, but yes. Well, right. <laughs> you can be nerdy about the space. Card carrying perverts, you know. Buttholes. Yeah. Columbus, this is Houston. All systems are in the green. You are uh, go for EVA. Have a safe trip, boys. Well, this is it. You're about to be the first man to walk on Mars, Alan. You ready? Oh man, I was born ready. And look, I, I know we drew straws and everything, but no hard feelings, right? 
Hmm? Hard feelings? No, of course not. So I won't be the first person to set foot on the red planet. Second's just as good, right? Um, no, actually, uh, Dave, I'm second. I got the middle straw, so... Me. Right! Uh... Third. Third, yeah. Third's perfect. <laughs> Lucky number three. <laughs> yeah. Third time's a charm. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, we're all on Mars, right? <laughs> Who cares who's first, right? Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, oh, Alan, Um, you know, do you ever think that, I mean, this is kind of a big deal. You're going to be this generation's Neil Armstrong. <laughs> wow. I didn't even think of it like that. You seriously didn't think about that? Well, no, I guess not. Oh, 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 and that means that I'm going to be this generation's Buzz Aldrin. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> nice to meet you, Captain Buzz Aldrin. <clears throat> Great working with you, American hero Neil Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Mars 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'll be this generation's... The third guy who walked on the moon? Right. You know, um... Was, was there a third guy? That's so weird. I was just wondering about that. <laughs> no, I think there's just two guys. No, 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 no. We learned this in astronaut school. Um, There were like ten other dudes. Hey, but... Dave, do you know who else landed on the No! Moon? I mean, no. I don't remember his or any of the rest of their names. I'm sorry, man. Look, if you no, would no, rather... No, 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 no. It's fine. It's totally fine. You be Neil Armstrong, the greatest American who ever lived. You be Buzz Aldrin, like the coolest name that ever lived. (laughs) And I'll be some obscure trivia answer in bars. It's fine. Don't even worry. Oh, come on, man. You're not going to be an obscure trivia answer in bars. Watch this. Houston, this is Columbus. We have a problem here. Red alert. What's your status? I told you you can't say it like that. Right, right. Sorry, Houston. It's it's not like it's we're, we're going to die problem. It's more like an interpersonal issue we're working out right now. Captain Williams. Yes. Larry. Yeah, it's my name, Bob. We've been over this. Mm-hmm. We have a problem is to be used only in life or death situations, not minor interpersonal conflicts. Fine, fine. Just, you know, just like, just give me this one, okay? Just, I need you to figure out something for us. Just name three people who walked on the moon. Copy that, Columbus. Well, there's Neil Armstrong, great American hero, then uh, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, right. Here we go. Oh, uh, uh, Houston, hello. Uh, I think we lost your transmission. Um, can you say uh, again after Buzz Aldrin? No, Columbus, we were here the whole time. We may have an issue with that request. Our uh, engineers are looking into it. We're pretty sure there were like ten other guys, but so far they're uh, coming up blank. See? We've definitely got the first two correct. I mean, everyone remembers Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. People will remember their names forever. After that, it uh, gets a little hazy. We'll get back to you. Over. Perfect. Well, uh, what are you waiting for? History awaits. Okay, you know what? If you're going to be like that, I don't even want to do this anymore. Don't be like that, please. No, I'm serious. You always do this, man. If you don't get your way, you have to ruin it for everybody else. It sucks. Oh, I'm terribly sorry for having feelings and wanting to be part of what is, let's be honest, the greatest technical achievement in human history. You are a part of it. We're on Mars right now, Dave. We are on fucking Mars. Forest for the trees, man. Guys, guys, you guys guys are getting really intense right now, okay? So how about 
just hear me out on this. How about I just step outside first? And Hold up. There is no fucking way, Larry, I almost choked to death on Tang while we were gravity assisting our velocity around the moon. Williams is going to be the first man to walk on fucking Mars. Hey, that was serious, all right. You want to swallow Tang in zero-G, it takes training. You know, you can die from consuming too much Tang. No, you can't. That's fucking ridiculous. Yes, you can. Okay, you two idiots, just stop it. You're going to break something. Ah! Columbus, this is Mission Control. We've got reports of a catastrophic failure of the life support system. Hopefully our readings are off. Can you confirm? Uh... Roger, Houston. I can confirm catastrophic failure of the life support module. The system appears to be broken beyond repair, venting our oxygen into the Martian atmosphere. I, I estimate 20 minutes before we're out of air. Roger that. Uh, we'd like to try and work up some kind of solution, but uh, we sent everybody over to the Aerospace Museum to find out who else walked on the moon. Think you can hold out for... Uh, 45 minutes? Uh, negative, Houston. I think the 20 minutes of air is going to last us about 20 minutes. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, not a hell of a lot we could do from here, then. Sorry, guys. Okay, wait, Houston, what if we take the... Hey, Columbus, I hope I'm not coming off like a dick or anything, but the idea of listening to the three of you gasping as you suffocate to death is, uh, really bumming us out. We're going to go ahead and, uh, switch off the mic now. Over and out. Roger. Well, I hope you're happy, Larry. Oh, Larry, me? Yeah, it was you guys that started- Both of you just shut up, okay? I hope you're both happy. Now, the only thing we're gonna be remembered for is being the first three idiots to die on Mars. Not if I'm first. What do we got, boys? We got three suspects at the moment. Jeremy Blends, 45 years old. He's been working at McBurgundy's for five years and has several past run-ins with the police. Then there's Alex Minky, who... I get them all. I know who the killer is. How did you get in here? It's a police station. The door is always open. But that's not important. I'm important. And so is what I have to say. Didn't we label this guy as a disruptive influence? Get him out of here. Sarah, please, listen to what I have to say. I'm very important. Well, since nobody is following my orders to escort you out the door, I don't have much of a choice. The conclusion to this whole mess is very simple. Jimbo? Play my thinking music. You see, it's quite straightforward. The killer of poor Billy is actually the child's mother. A lengthy accusation? No. The stress wrinkles around the woman's eyes and the off-center growing of her fingernails indicating biting means she's been under a great deal of stress. In other words, guilt. The redness in her eyes shows she's been staying up late. Doing what? Creating wolfsbane. A terrible poison that once injected creates foaming in the lungs, prickly pain in the upper cortex, and then death. Look, I brought a sample from the backyard. We can't use any of this. What do you mean? Well, first of all, you obtained these clues without a warrant, so they wouldn't be admissible. Second, you're not actually a deputized officer of the law, so none of your data, by definition, is usable by us. In fact, knowing that you've been hanging around the crime scene at all now means we might have to throw out this case completely. 
For all we know, the entire chain of evidence, which we work tirelessly to lawfully maintain, is contaminated. But if you just looked at the shirt collar, you'd notice the microscopic specs- Microscopic specs? Tal, I understand you have a massive ego complex and need to find a way to make yourself feel important, but this nonsense doesn't help anyone. Not everyone can be Dr. Henry Morgan. Who? You mean the doctor? Who? No, the dude who always helps the police. Monk. The other highly functioning autistic person. Rain Man? Jonathan Creek? Sheldon Cooper? Abed? Sherlock Holmes? That's the one. Not everyone can be like him. Except for all those people. Come on down, Matt Robot Ham! You're the next contestant on America's favorite game show. And now the host of Don't Freak Out, Hertz Quarter! Thanks, Johnny. Hi, I'm Matt. Hi, Hertz. Now, Matt, it says here you suffer from anxiety and depression, and you've been off your pills for three weeks now. Uh, yeah, doctor's been out of town, and I haven't really got. That's great, Matt. Do you know the rules of the game? I'm sorry, I don't. Actually, I was just actually just told to wait in here and then get... That's great, Matt. Let's start round one. For $100, all you need to do is call your doctor's office. Oh! What? Clock's ticking, Matty. All you need to do is call your doctor. Okay, uh, well, uh, uh but let's see, uh, okay, gotta use the house phone because my cell phone could cut out on my gotta get his number off the cell and then call. So I gotta make sure we're in pants and all the documents in case somebody asks about them. And- <laughs> oh, and we're out of time. Sorry, Matt. Why didn't you just call him from that cell you're holding? I... Well, so far you're doing really quite terribly, Matt. In fact, I'd say nobody on the show has ever done quite so badly as you. I... Sorry? Look, I'm not angry. I'm just sorry you apparently weren't smart enough to figure it out. But... And we're on to round two. Matt, for $500, all you need to do is read the essay you wrote on Quebecois voting procedures of the 1960s. And go. I... The... I... The... What I was... Nobody said I don't actually know any... Clock sticking, and everybody, including your close friends and relatives, are watching. Hi, Matt. Don't disappoint me again. Is that my mom? Our marriage depends on this. What? Oh, and out of time once again. Boy, you are just awful at this, and presumably everything. Hey, now. Well, before we start the final round, Matt, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Well, uh, Hertz, I'm 30 years old, work at a bookstore. Wow, 30 and still working at retail? That's pretty pathetic co-host two podcasts Uh uh-huh and when does that start paying off well it's not so much about. and it's time for round three all right matt for ten thousand dollars and much more importantly an appointment with your doctor to receive the pills you need to function like a normal adult all you have to do is sleep for eight straight hours without checking your clock obsessively that's all why is that too difficult for you i no i mean it's just time's a wasted matt uh, oh, right, okay, uh, let me just, uh, um, <sighs> Boy, that's embarrassing, isn't it? <sighs> ah, 
God, what time is oh, it? Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. You couldn't even make it five minutes. We've got a consolation prize for him, don't we, Johnny? We sure do, Hertz. It's an all-expenses-paid trip to the men's room down the hall. Yes, the scenic men's room down the hall, where you'll spend two fabulous hours alternately hyperventilating and quietly weeping in a bathroom stall as you attempt to pull yourself together after this pathetic display. Thanks, Johnny. Well, that's all the time we have on Don't Freak Out, but we'll be back at 3.30 in the morning to replay this entire sad sorry display in Matt's head as he struggles to sleep. Good night, folks. Be good to each other. Today's episode has been brought to you by the letter T and the number 6. And a bootleg O if you're interested. Nobody wants to buy your bootleg O's. They're actually cues that they snapped off the little tail of. Fell off the back of a truck. Yeah. Specifically the uh, the wheel well of a truck. Wait, you, so do you think that, that salesman that sold Ernie the O, you think he's mobbed up? Oh, of course he's mobbed <laughs> up. Look at it. I don't know, man. That dude I was... Cl I mean, look at his hands. He only had four fingers on each hand. He clearly lost them because he was in the Yakuza. Matt, he's, he's a Muppet. Like, Muppets don't always have the right a number of limbs or digits or whatever. Like, they're, they're, they're a varying body types. No, I get that. But he had the right number of fingers until he didn't anymore because he's in the Yakuza. You think he's... The, you don't think he was in, like, the, the, the straight-up, like, Sicilian mob? No, everything about that character screams Japanese mafia to me. And I can't believe it doesn't scream it to you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so we have some mail here. Ah! Uh, next email comes from Rod Tanzal, and he says, Dear Alamat, how are you? I am fine. When does a gag get tired or joke get old? Coke or Pepsi? Yours in flonk, Tanzal. That's a good question. Is uh, it? On an, unrelated on an unrelated note, what episode number are we up to? Uh, 184? Yeah, I'd say about 184. <laughs> Really? That long, huh? <laughs> We've had a good run. Oh, all right. I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, final email comes from Mike X, longtime writer Mike X. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it's entitled, Here's an Email, One, Two, Three. Hey, Alan Matt. Thanks for the mustache Charlie sketch during the recent Halloween show. Those sketches have always brought back fond childhood memories of eating at Charlie's restaurants throughout the Midwest. The sterno fuel late warmers that occasionally burned your arm hair or shirt sleeves. The way the wait staff would entertain the customers by juggling cutlery, even the waiters who clearly didn't juggle well. Or Ivan, the busboy with the lazy eye who would wander among the tables explaining his arrest record and also how the work release program operated. <laughs> good times, good times. Anyway, it was a sad day years ago when my local Charlie's closed, but then the franchises everywhere dried up. Oh, sure, there are still a few open in Tennessee, but those are Bob's Mustache Charlie's. Must uh, No, yeah, Bob's Mustache Charlie's, which just aren't the same. So thanks for keeping the Charlie's name alive. Oh, and also more Aaron Fawcett, please. Take care, guys. Mike. So that's nice. Somebody yeah. likes a thing we do. There will be more Aaron. There absolutely will be. The, the thing is, we are just biding our time. Like, we don't want to overdo it. But no. I was just saying to Matt, I want to do another one of those. But yep. it's it's been too soon. Like, we got to wait. I don't know. I think we only try to do like two or three a year. And we did yeah. our three for this year. So we have to wait till next year. Yeah. So. It's okay. Next year's getting here soon. It is. It is. Uh, so, yeah, if if you want to write to us like these fine people have, uh, the email address is sarcasticvoyage at gmail. Um, the website is sarcasticvoyage.com. And yeah. we will yeah. be back soon. And until then, we wish you safe journeys. Safe journeys. Yeah. 
This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Danielle K.L. Gregoire, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. With a special appearance by Josh Bornstein, Randy Cleveland, Dan Hart, and Glenn Yoshioka. And extra special appearances by Matt's mom and Mallory Duvall. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Duncan Bosco, Matt Brabotham, and Amanda Smith. With special guests, Princess. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014. So is the hardest education the unlearning of things? Basically, but the crazy thing is that it doesn't have to be like that. Here's the deal. School is not authentic because it ends. It's not true. It's not real. Our learning will never end. The school that we go to every single morning, we will continue to go to. Forever till the day that we're in our bed. Kids who go to normal school are so teenagery, so angsty. They never want to do anything. They're so tired. You'll never learn anything in school. Think about how many car accidents happen every day. Driver's Ed? What's up? I still haven't been to Driver's Ed because everybody I know has been in an accident. I can't see how Driver's Ed is really helping them out. I went to school for one year. It was the best experience, but the worst experience. The best experience was like, oh, now I know why kids are so depressed. But it was the worst experience because I was depressed. So, what's next? I have a goal to be just the most craziest person of all time. And when I say craziest, I mean like, I want to do Olympic level things. I want to be the most durable person on the planet. I think by the time we're 30 or 20, we're going to be climbing as many mountains as we can possibly climb.